yet we just sort of take it for granted and i think a lot of the ai will be involved in assisting us in our schedules our days answering questions as a partner and getting things done so Think of it as a GPS for your life in the way that you kind of set your course in the GPS and then it's going along and, and it's telling you how to go, but oftentimes you're overriding it and it's not bothered by that. It's got another plan right away. And then you change your mind. It's, oh, no problem. I got another one. I have another schedule here. I'll do this over here. I'll get this ready for you. Uh, I'll make this reservation. I'll, I'll buy this thing. No problem. You change your mind. No, well, I'll send it back. No problem. It kind of like having a presence that is anticipating and helping your life, uh, I think that's what it looks like, even, I would say, within 20 years. So we've done quite a few episodes of Freakonomics Radio that address the future, especially when it comes to the interface between technology and employment, the idea of whether there will be, quote, enough, end quote, jobs for people, whatever enough means. You write that, and I'll quote you, the robot takeover will be epic, which I'm sure will scare some people. And that even information-intensive jobs, doctor, lawyer, architect, programmer, probably writers and podcasters, too, can be automated. So even if this is what the technology can and wants to accomplish, it strikes me that the political class may well try to stymie it. I'm curious your views on that. Yeah, I mean, there was this really great uh, survey uh, poll that Pew did. Basically, they asked people how likely they thought that you know 50% of the jobs would be replaced by robots or AIs. And it was, it was like 80% of people. And then, then they followed us up with how likely they thought that their job would be replaced. And like nobody, <laughs> nobody believed that their job would be. <laughs> and it was across the board. And I did the same exact survey actually in a, in a crowd of people who came to my book party, 200 people. We had instant polling devices and I asked the same thing. It was exactly the same pattern. Everyone believes that most of the jobs will be replaced and no one believes that their job will be replaced. And I think it's actually neither. I think most of these, almost, our jobs are bundles of different tasks and some of those tasks, or maybe many of those tasks, will be automated. But they'll basically redefine the kinds of things that we do. So a lot of the jobs are going to be reinvented rather than displaced, particularly in the kinds of things we're talking about of the professional classes. I'm not saying that the AI can't be creative. It can be. In fact, we're going to be shocked. In some senses, we're going to realize that creativity wasn't so creative Creativity is actually fairly mechanical. That We will actually be able to figure out how to have AIs be creative. But the thing is, is they're going to be creative in a different way than we are. I think well, probably the last job that the AIs or robots would do will be a comedian. I mean, they just have, they'll have a different sense of humor. They won't get us in the same way that we get us, even though they'll be incredibly creative, they can be brilliant, they'll be smart, they'll surprise us in many ways, they're still not going to do it exactly like we do it, and I think we will continue to value that. But that assumes, um, <laughs> which is, if you watch a certain kind of futurist movie or read a f certain kind of futurist book, that assumes that the artificial intelligence doesn't essentially obliterate or marginalize us, yes? Right. The question is is whether an artificial intelligence that we create can only gain at our expense. And I think that while that's a possibility that we should not rule out, it's 
an unlikely possibility. You write, Kevin, that this is not a race against the machines. If we race against them, we lose. This is a race with the machines. Talk about how that begins to happen, whether it's a, a shift in mindset, a shift in engineering. How does it happen that we come to view AI or robotization or automation or computerization as more of a continuing ally than a threat? So one of the first AIs we made, which was a kind of dedicated standalone supercomputer, the IBM Deep Blue, who beat the reigning chess master at the time, Gary Kasparov. And this was kind of the first big challenge sort of to human exceptionalism, basically. And when Kasparov lost, there, there were several things that went through people's mind. One is, well, that's kind of like the end of chess.